Hello and welcome to The Danger Zone, the podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. I'm really impressed how I didn't completely stumble over that intro. (laughs) (laughs) Great job, Tanner. (laughs) Lindsay, it's People's Choice Week this week. Yes, and the people have chosen that they have a need. A need for speed. So you're telling me all of these guns are tops? (laughs) I mean, someone has to do the mid-air fueling. Wanky. (laughs) Anyway, we're doing Top Gun today, which it's kind of got a reputation for being the gayest military film out there, even though I wasn't really trying to go for that because it came out in like 1986. No one was trying to be gay in the 80s. It just happened. Well... (laughs) Rantasmo of Needs More Gay way back in the day did a video about Top Gun and he pointed out how the the main reason why people are like, oh yeah, Top Gun is like a super gay film is because of the lack of any indication of a female gaze going on. Okay. So the whole like uh, male gaze thing, it's like how a lot of filmmakers default to the audience is going to be male, cis, and straight. Mm-hmm. And the way, especially that volleyball scene is filmed, where there is absolutely no cuts to, like, any women present. In fact, there's really only one female character in the original movie. Sent a lot of weird messages to guys. Hmm. Also, it didn't help that we're talking about Navy pilots and the Navy, well, it's not gay if it's underway, so... In the Navy, you can sail the seven seas in the Navy. You are all LGBTQTs. <laughs> so right now the Royal Canadian Navy is having a bit of a debate about uh, whether or not they're going to change some of the rank titles because they have seamen. <laughs> so they like they're it's under the banner of like trying to be inclusive, but they're also like a lot of our recruits are barely out of their teens, and they giggle every time they hear semen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still do. Yeah. Thanks, Austin Powers. <laughs> I mean, my dad was ranting about that, and then we had one pause, and Rod and I start giggling. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> You're going to be juvenile about this? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so anyway... Oh, yeah, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there's already a filmed and ready-to-go sequel that was supposed to come out last year, but, you know, shit's happened, it's moved back to sometime this year. Allegedly. Allegedly. Also, Tom Cruise has not aged a day. I mean, he's aged a few days. But, like, if Anne Rice, or someone who had the rights to Vampire Lestat, decided, hey, let's do another vampire movie, and they got Cruise to reprise his role... I'd believe him as a barely aged Lestat. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'm just thinking, I he's he's aged slightly more than Paul Rudd. Yeah, you look at Paul Rudd and you think he's 30. And I don't think Keanu Reeves aged, I think he just grew a beard. Well, I think Keanu Reeves is one of those confirmed immortals, so... Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we're rebooting Top Gun, we're gonna give it a new movie. I don't have any real plans beyond maybe make the characters, you know... Give them more substance. 
Because <laughs> honestly, Top Gun is just a big old advertisement for the air arm of the U.S. Navy. Yeah, it it did get Pentagon funding. Mm-hmm. Like, I was joking that part of this plan is just to siphon off money from the Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> How much can I abscond with taxpayer money? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so I'm on the TV Trust page because that's always going to be much more informative than Wikipedia. Yeah. Apparently there is a $10 fine for anyone who quotes Top Gun lines at the real Top Gun Academy. <laughs> I I know exactly how this would have gotten started. They would have been fine with it at first, but then there was an entire like bunch of people who got admitted to the Top Gun program and they would not stop quoting Top Gun. Anyone caught singing Danger Zone while piloting a Tomcat is supposedly considered a hostile. <laughs> Someone snapped. Someone fucking snapped. <laughs> also, to, to quote from TV Tropes, for all the accusations of homoerotic subtext between the male characters, it's since turned out that the only one of the film's main stars who's definitely gay in real life is in fact the female lead, Kelly McGillis. <laughs> yes! I love that twist. <laughs> Which, and she and Cruz had to go back and film more scenes at the studio's behest because they watched the film and were like, damn, this is really fucking gay. <laughs> so what I should say is that the gay discourse didn't start happening until the internet came along, really. Every, I feel like everyone had a hunch. Everyone had an yeah. idea. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure my dad, when he saw that movie, even before he finally joined the RCN, was like, damn, this is so gay. So, basically what we're doing is... One, one more thing. So Val Kilmer's character is named Iceman? Mm-hmm. So do you think this is the reason why they made Iceman gay in the X-Men? You know what? The writers at Marvel are probably juvenile enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> who made Iceman gay? <laughs> Google search, who made Iceman gay? <laughs> it was either Brian Bendis or Dennis Hopeless. I think it was Bendis. <laughs> so Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis, I don't even know whether you've done good stuff or not. But you 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 were put put something in the water that made the Iceman gay. <laughs> so anyway, what we're gonna do is like a reboot. We're gonna keep the main structure of the plot probably sans the relationship with the teacher because that goes against so many protocols. She's her. Oh my gosh, she's an instructor. Yeah, yeah. that's a forced. Yeah. Uh. So that is a definite change. Um. I want to make this more diverse. Like there, even in the 1980s, there should have been more female pilots. Like just in general, yeah. But also, like the and they're all lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> but also, from what I understand, the U.S. military tends to be like, if you were to compare the, I I I don't like the term wokeness because it's been used and abused and put away what so much. Um, how socially progressive the U.S. military is versus, like, the Canadian military. They tend to be 10 years behind us, so probably in a couple years, uh, I would say that, like, the U.S. military is going to be a lot more okay with LGBTQ people being within their ranks. Because, um, 
Let's see. LGBTQ armed forces members in Canada have been serving openly since the early 90s. I think what they did recently was they really formalized the like the actual like rules about anti-discrimination rules in the QRNOs. Okay. Yeah. So it was a bit more informal until fairly recently, but yeah, basically from what I understand most people like they're pretty okay with LGBTQ people serving. It it's more a question of whether or not you can do the job. And in the Canadian military is also like, please stay. Don't go. Because <laughs> what happens is people will join up long enough to get like their schooling pay for and then leave. Huh. There's a massive retention problem. Anyway, what we're doing is basically generally same plot. No instructor fucking. Yes. More diverse bodies, diverse people. And because one of the problems with this movie is the ending. The ending kind of, it kind of just stops. There's like a bit of a dogfight with some war people, and it, there's no reason why nothing's given. It just happens, and the story ends. And it's like, okay, we need to give this a somewhat better ending that has a bit more pathos to it. So what I'm thinking with the characters, uh, we can either keep their call signs or change them. Maybe depending on the actors, what they want, what they feel like was a what sort of call signs vibing with them. Okay. We can change it up, however, make this a bit more personalized. Um, but what I was thinking An is... entirely improvised Top Gun movie. Because <laughs> honestly, this script feels very improvised. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even supposed to have a volleyball tournament. It just happened amongst the cast. They're like, oh, let's film it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it doesn't work into the movie, we can sell it to Playgirl. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah basically we keep like the hotshot pilot head full of steam they get admitted into the top gun program it's called something different now but we're still keeping the top gun because of branding um <laughs> we also have maybe get some other nato people in because like nato does send their fighter pilots to this program too and okay. oftentimes they're uh if they're not actually part of the program they're usually like op for so they're the ones who are flying like the MiGs and whatever the Russian, whatever new uh, plants the Russians and the Chinese have. And then it's mostly the main character gets a, a humbling moment. They, you know, do their thing. They get a rival. It's so simple. It's basically a sports movie. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I just realized it's basically a sports movie. Yeah, we use a sports movie structure. So they do have a rival. Maybe we establish them as being on the same uh, aircraft carrier, for fuck's sakes. They've had these problems, but they both get sent into the program. And it's learning how to work together. It's, you know, bringing out the best in each other. And maybe overcoming something. I was even thinking of taking a sci-fi angle with this, where we're like 20 minutes into the future. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun, but get this. Aliens. <laughs> Tune in next month where I make gay battleship. <laughs> I'll watch it drunk. Still have to keep that stupid scene where they drop the anchor and somehow, like, swing around. <laughs> God damn. Does it count as an illegal U-turn if you're in the ocean? Depends how far out you are in the ocean. And if you're close to people, there's actual rules. <laughs> there's similar rules to sailing that are similar to driving rules. 
Battleship Tokyo Drift. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, boy. So, yeah, this is what happens when Lindsay has no plan because I'm going in, like, super confident. We should keep the volleyball scene, though. Obviously. Yeah. What if this was just secretly a volleyball movie? It just so happens to take place at the Top Gun Academy. <laughs> it's high Q, but it's also Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> I need a, uh, somebody shop Hinata's hair onto Tom Cruise's body. <laughs> I mean, fuck the the entire team dynamics could be something like high Q, where like Hinata is. Uh, I wouldn't say Hinata is a himbo, but he has himbo qualities. But he will be one day. Yes, he will be one day. He's a baby himbo. <laughs> but he's also uh, like a volleyball savant. <laughs> a himbling, if you will. <laughs> yes. A himblet. <laughs> so we have our Hinata character who, you know, by this time is probably a himbo. <laughs> they are like some sort of savant when it comes to flying fighter planes. And... They're a bit out there. They're a bit weird. And it drives the more, like, cerebral, kind of cooler-headed fighter pilot genius up the fucking wall. Because <laughs> <laughs> they keep on doing shit that, where it's like, why the fuck would you do that? Oh, it kind of makes sense. But also, like, you're breaking so many rules! <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we're also going to be applying so much rule of cool. There's an entire list on TV tropes of, like, all the stuff that happens in Top Gun that would actually get you not only kicked out of the Top Gun program, but probably get your pilot's license revoked. It's just, oh god. Oh god, they just went with straight rule of cool, didn't they? It's gonna do a cool fly plane thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason that, you know, flying a supersonic jet and buzzing the tower is gonna cause any sort of problems on the ground. <laughs> Jets are cool. Planes are cool. I, I am so sorry. This is probably gonna be our shortest episode. You know what's cool? Flying machines. Gay. Volleyball. <laughs> yeah, basically. Because again, this this movie has like it has technically a plot, but it's not really a plot beyond the most basic structure of a sports film. Yeah. And even sports films have plots. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I'm like, hey, maybe we should give the characters a bit more, you know, character. Maybe this is a character piece. Maybe the focus should be on the rivalry between, like, the classic technician versus performer. What if we get more into their backstory between Maverick and Iceman or the equivalents? Yeah. yeah. Like, we established that the Top Gun Academy exists, Yeah. but we don't actually get to there till like, halfway through the film. Yeah. And, like, the whole thing with Iceman and Maverick's rivalry in the movie is, like, they just, like, saw each other and didn't like each other. Oh, that's really gay. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so this is also an enemies to lovers romance? <laughs> Naturally! <laughs> is, there, is there anything gayer? <laughs> this, is, this is, like, this is, like, that Reddit story where it's, like, I feel really uncomfortable when I see my roommate making out with other guys. Like, I have this weird, sad feeling in the pit of my stomach. Am I homophobic? No, you have a crush on him, you idiot. <laughs> Reddit's doing the right thing and saying, Just fucking talk to him! 
the whole the whole Iceman Maverick story is really is just one of those Reddit things where it's like my bro was running his fingers through my hair and I, was, I really liked it. What does this mean? It means you're both gay. Hold hands. <laughs> okay, okay. So either Iceman is Maverick's wingman, <laughs> and they just have unspoken unrequited feelings towards each other, or they are indeed rivals, or maybe they were, you know co-pilots together but something happened and they're barely on speaking terms anymore <laughs> beyond what needs to be done for the function of their squad like really the 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 best way to give these characters more depth and to make it them plot more than just volleyball on an airplane or whatever it is <laughs> is to make it a romance between these two yes <laughs> and then we can totally justify having berlin playing in the background <laughs> Which which one? Do the, which song do they do? Take my breath away. Ah, uh, take my <laughs> breath away. Bow bow. Do 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 do. No, that's Law and Order. <laughs> oh, my boss and I got into a debate recently about which song is more '80s because the guy who wrote, who co-wrote "Take My Breath Away," also co-wrote a song called up where we belong and it was for an officer and a gentleman and he co-wrote it with um saskatchewan local buffy st marie oh cool and i listened to both and i'm like oh god they're so 80s <laughs> but my boss sides with take my breath away being the more 80s song yeah i'm agreeing with your boss yeah i feel like love lift us up where we belong that could be written in any decade really like it came out yeah. the fact that it came out of the 80s meant that it was big but I think that it could have come into being in any decade. I think Take My Breath Away just has a leg up on it in that it is more indicative of the decade. Yeah. I think it's because it had more synth. Exactly. Yeah. Synth is 80s. Yeah. <laughs> just by default. And oh, we could totally make this soundtrack like so synthwave. Do some actual 80s synth and like the retro synth. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that. Because, like, we of course bring back Take My Breath Away and Danger Zone, but we also add in, like, Eye of the Tiger's kind of, like, too cliched. Um, Plus it's kind of taken. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's too associated with Rocky. And Like, if, if you want to look at some more modern stuff that is a throwback, easily anything off of Dua Lipa or The Weeknd's latest albums could be in there. Oh, yeah, I can totally see a scene that's set to uh, Blinding Lights. But blinding Lights is definitely, like, a flying scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the volleyball scene is set to a physical. Yes. <laughs> what if- no, wait, what if they mash up Dua Lipa's physical with Olivia Newton-John's physical? <laughs> yes! I think somebody has! I mean, it makes sense. Yeah! No, I wonder if I can work that into my Glee fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe Glee never had a Top Gun tribute episode. <laughs> what a missed opportunity! It's probably because nearly all of their jocks were straight. Yeah, that's true. Which in itself is a missed opportunity. Yeah, you'd think that Ryan Murphy would love a gay jock. And I mean, so much stuff happens. Actually, no, not a lot of stuff happens in the locker room. The locker room is just a place of sadness and awkwardness in real life. <laughs> no one wants to make eye contact in the locker room. <laughs> Fanfics where the guys like look at each other like, wow, the male physique has unlocked something deeper than my mind. No, you're wrong. 
in the locker room, no, ma no matter how gay or straight you are, no matter what you look like, you're staring straight ahead, you're averting all eye contact and all contact with other nefarious parts of the body. You are showering, getting changed, and leaving. And I was lucky that I was able to opt out of, like, all the intense gym sports in high school. In mm -hmm. high school, I had the... I don't know what it's like in uh, Saskatchewan, because when I came to Regina for my senior year, I just didn't take gym, period. In grade 10 11, I was in Calgary, and there were gym modules where it was, like, every two weeks is one different activity. And yeah. obviously there was stuff like basketball and soccer, and there was even football for people. But there was also stuff like... Ultimate Frisbee, and orienteering, and curling, and line dancing, <laughs> and disc golf, which is almost the same as Ultimate Frisbee. And guess what Tanner did? <laughs> I took all of those. I took everything that did not require me to even enter the locker room. It was great. Yeah, um, I also didn't take gym when I was in uh, grade 11 and 12 in Saskatchewan, but that was mostly because like our school had like you had to pay like a hundred something dollars to get like a locker and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, fuck that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Especially after like years of my BC schools, like just whatever. The most I had to pay was like $5 for the one time we got to go to the skating rink. But at Cal High, our locker rooms included like individual stalls where you would have like a dry area. You could like close a curtain, you'd get your stuff off and you had an individual shower stall, which was fantastic for awkward me who had some body issues because of bad acne. And I was, you know, 15. Hey, if you didn't have body issues in high school, you're a robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was all of that. Also like our locker rooms, the girls' locker room was dingy and gross, and there was, like, clumps of hair. No! <laughs> but the boys, I don't know how the boys' locker room didn't get closed down, because they had asbestos coming out of some places. Ugh. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, our school was old enough that we still had, like, asbestos, and we had signs up on the walls saying, do not run asbestos in the walls. Yeah, that's, uh, that's nasty. Yeah, yeah. So when I'm in a locker room, I'm more concerned about the hair clumps and getting athlete sweat, because guess who's also gone planter warts before? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. This is just a big thing to say. Uh, trans and non-binary and intersex people should only be worried about planter warts. Yeah. Um. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's the entire locker room rant of nothing sexy happens in the fucking locker room. Oh, no, I meant, is is that it for the movie? Because we can't think of anything else. Yeah, because we could probably... It's extremely paint by numbers. Yeah. And, like, all the stuff we're describing would just be the basic tenets of writing a rom-com and sports movie. Yeah. It's the whole, like, two of the characters who are probably going to be the the end-stage couple don't like each other. We can fill in the blanks as to why they don't like each other if we want to give them actual pathos. Like, maybe... The something happened like have a good heart to heart at some point would it be a heart to heart or would it be a slap slap kiss i almost feel like with these personalities it might wind up being slap slap kiss which i have mixed feelings about i mean not literally slapping but it'd be like yeah. getting in a fight and it's like i can't believe you do that you risked everyone and you risked yourself yeah <laughs> i don't know how it could go on if you would kill yourself you stupid idiot He's like, well, then why don't you come over here and do something about it, you big man? 
Yeah, like, it's all about, like, the chemistry and maybe writing them a bit like Benedict and Beatrice. Ooh, yes. The gold standard for rom-com, honestly. Exactly. (laughs) Or would we be without them? Yeah. (laughs) So we have to get them, like, super witty dialogue. If not, let, like, if the actors have really good chemistry and are really quick on the quips, almost let them improvise. So, so let's see, let's, let's, how, how would it fall out? It would start with Iceman and Maverick in their separate places, getting into shit or whatever. Either, like, I would imagine Iceman applies to go to Top Gun Academy, and Maverick is just kind of pressured into it. It's like, we, we needed to do something. We're, we're, we're half forcing you into this to get you out of our here, but half hoping that maybe you'll come out if you're a better pilot. Yeah. Because you're a, a complete buffoon right now. Yeah, you are a mess, and maybe this will give you the discipline. Mm-hmm. So they arrive, uh, they make friends individually, and they like come face-to-face, I guess, the, the first activity session. Because they could easily go the entirety of orientation, not even realizing that the other is there. Yeah. And they come together, and I was like, I can't believe you're here, I can't believe you're here! And they like leave in a huff, and mm-hmm. maybe some people take sides, but for the most part, the supporting cast would be like, can you please just work together, this... You- why can't we just be a family again? <laughs> Mom and Dad are fighting. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> and it's mostly shenanigans out in the desert from there on. Yeah, the, there's you know you get some training scenes, you get the volleyball scene. There's I don't know. Is this the kind of movie where a food fight would break out, or would they be like kicked out for doing so? They would probably be kicked out for doing so, but they're okay, uh, no food. So fight way back when the movie was filmed, the uh, Top Gun program was taking place in san diego but then they've moved to the nevada desert so maybe they go to las vegas while on liberation so oh that makes sense yeah okay yeah so we have volleyball scene then we can have a vegas scene mm-hmm. maybe the vegas scene is because they're the dr- drinks and emotions are running freely yeah and that's when they get into it and the supporting cast like finds out what actually happened between these two and they have their big fight, but also the hint that maybe it's because there is a burgeoning attraction between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a more sensible heart-to-heart when they are sober. Yeah. And then what's like? What's the climax of the original Top Gun? Is it just that they fly good? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so then they fly good. And also, what I read is that um, it isn't like a graded system with Top Gun. It's a pass-fail system. So maybe someone is on the burge... On, on, like, the edge of getting kicked out. And, like, part of the whole emotional development and having this heart-to-heart is also giving the confidence to, you know, do shit right mm-hmm. and succeed. So, yeah, they fly good, they pass whatever exams they have to take. It's all cool, it's great. They make out? <laughs> they make out at the end, and yay! Da-da-da! Yeah, the big 80s-style scene at the end it's great sweet setting it in the nevada desert is also way better than setting it uh they sometimes have a version of top gun hosted in canada at cold lake alberta the coldest lake around (laughs) for those who don't know cold lake is somewhere between edmonton and fucking nowhere the canadian version is called maple gun or something of course it is. <laughs> Fucking Canada can't help but be a parody of itself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we set it in the desert. We do beautiful sweeping scenes. Someone has to fly very low and close to the ground, despite how fucking dangerous that is. 
but it wouldn't be Top Gun without going to the danger zone. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I I googled Haikyuu Top Gun, and no one has shopped uh, Hinata's hair onto Tom Cruise yet. But there is a picture of one of the characters holding a bazooka with Hinata's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> Which this could be a metaphor, or maybe I don't, I've never watched Haikyuu. Maybe they go full Soul Eater halfway through. <laughs> There's also a picture of Hinata from from the anime. There's a picture of Hinata wearing a pair of like AK-47s, which is just bonkers on its own. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go now. I need to before we close this off. I'm gonna go to YouTube. Actually, you know what? While while we go to the um the the friendship promo, because I feel like we've reached the end of our volleyball game. Yeah. Yeah. So while we go to the friendship promo, I'm gonna do a YouTube search to see if anyone has made AMVs of Haikyuu set to Danger Zone. You're in the place where mysteries and the missing meet. Where conspiracies lurk around every corner. Welcome to the Deep Dark Truth. Mo here from the Deep Dark Truth podcast, where we're searching for the truth behind your favorite conspiracies, mysteries, and bizarre true crime cases. Check us out on Apple, Google, or the platform of your choice. Join us in discovering the deep, dark truth. Okay, we're back, and it doesn't look like it. But let me let me check for Take My Breath Away. <laughs> doesn't look like it. This is a wasted opportunity. Come on, Haikyuu fandom, get it together. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. Was there anything else you could think of you can add to this? <sighs> Honestly, no. It's too paper thin. It's... <laughs> Our reboot was giving it a real plot. Yeah. <laughs> Even then, it's, it's only slightly above bare bones. This is really dependent upon cast chemistry. Yep. Um, I feel like Colton Haynes would be one of the leads. Mm-hmm. Do we have Brie Larson in this? We cast Brie Larson as the instructor, but she's like yeah. a secondary character. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so other than that, um, I don't know. We submit the script to the Pentagon and see if they fund it. I, I I don't know. We might be pushing our luck since the gay is intentional. We can't yeah. brush it off as whoops. Yeah, and unfortunately, the Department of National Defense here in Canada doesn't have much money to spare. We accidentally did a gay. Yeah. Okay, so then, Lindsay, if we're done here, then uh, tell the people where you can be found on the internet. I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not a fire boot for soon. They're pronounced, I went to the danger zone! You can also email us at notifireboot.youfirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite McDonnell Douglas CF-18 Hornet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's a plane? Yeah, that's one of our planes. Okay. That's where you can send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put it in a free ad for your podcast, your YouTube, even your DeviantArt. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us the hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. If you'd like to support us more directly, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash notifireboot1st where you can get a bevy of bonuses by supporting us financially, including a weekly shout-out for all our patrons, including, I have it pulled up this time, Theodore, Rem, Julia, Christina, Cassidy, and Charlie. Thank you all.
I think we haven't thanked Theodore yet, so welcome, Theodore, to the shit show. <laughs> welcome to the fam. Um, that being said, we're well aware that there are plenty of other more important causes out there, such as, at the time being, I mean, it's, it's oddly enough, seems oddly chill at the moment, but, like, obviously that's not always going to be the case. So if you see an important cause that you feel your money would be better suited for, or if you just need to hang on to it for yourself, if you're hanging on to it so you can give it to a food pantry or just general charity, like obviously we understand needing to do that, prioritizing that over us because we don't really need your money right now. <laughs> that being said, if you do want to help us, it is just as helpful by leaving a rating and review of us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I will try and get us in there. Not ever, but you first as a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex aka Pachoo, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us how to find out how to contact him if you like music of his own your own. <laughs> you know the deal by now. That sounded like the end of a drug commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Warning, sh- consult your doctor before getting music from Sean Clake. <laughs> Using Sean Clegg's music might cause uh, headaches, fever, nausea, astral projection, and oily discharge. (laughs) So, Tanner. Hey, Lindsay. Next week, we have another guest. Woo! That guest is going to tell us all about God's own personal furry fandom. Ooh. I have no idea what this could possibly be. I'm very intrigued. Yes. Um, But yeah, I guess we're going to find out what the hell's going on there next week. But not if we reboot you first. In in the tabletop game Top Gun, you have two stats, need and speed. <laughs> <laughs>